I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Dakshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I'm your host, Shri Krishna Upadhyaya, and our guest today is Sachin Kalbag. Sachin recently joined Takshashila as a senior fellow in information policy and governance. Sachin is an experienced news person. He has over 28 years of experience in different newsrooms in India. He has also worked abroad. He served as the editor of The Midday, The Hindu and The Hindustan Times. And today we are going to be talking about newsroom economics and why it matters. And I cannot think of a person better than Sachin to take us through this issue. Welcome to All Things Policy, Sachin. Thank you so much, Sri. Pleasure to be here. So I understand, Sachin, you're not new to podcasts at all, right? In fact, you're a veteran podcaster. Like this is your <laughs> first episode yeah. of All Things Policy. So how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's a little overwhelming <laughs> because, you know, when I see that uh, my colleagues all have, you know, have done so many episodes of, you know, podcasting with all things policy and each of them carries so much years, so many years of expertise with them and so many years of experience. It's a little overwhelming. I mean, I do have experience in newsrooms, but when I see these intellectual giants who have preceded me in all things podcast, it can be a little overwhelming. So I'll try my best, Shri. I hope uh, not to disappoint you. <laughs> You're being very humble, Sachin. But anyway, great to have you here. And since we're going to be talking about media freedom, you know, one of the things which from recent memory is that the whole political drama in Britain, right? So the Daily Star, which is a tabloid running from London, they put up a competition between a lettuce and Liz Truss and started a live stream on YouTube. The question was, will the lettuce outlast the Prime Minister of uh, Britain? And in fact, the lettuce won. So Listress had to ended up resigning from her position before, you know, the lettuce went bad. And after the resignation, the live stream had disco lights and the lettuce was given a smiling face and all that. And I think of this example because, you know, when we talk of media freedom, which we will, of course, discuss in greater detail, this strikes me as a great example. Because freedom is not only about what you can do, but also about what you can get away with. So, Sachin, what do you, did you follow the live stream? Yes, I did. I tweeted about it and I was happy that the lettuce won. You know, apart from the fact that, you know, there are so many lettuce puns possible, so many Liz Truss puns possible. For example, you know, yesterday I was saying that the Conservative Party choosing its next Prime Minister should trust but verify. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, you're spot on there. Media freedom is not only about, you know, what you can say with a great deal of responsibility, of course, but what you can get away with. And traditionally, American society, liberal democracies like the UK or many of the European democracies, especially the Scandinavian ones, where media freedom has been, you know, they've been leading the world with uh, media freedom. That is something that is uh, still a lot, still aspirational in many areas in India. Many of us who are used to university education and uh, international exposure are used to, uh, you know, looking at English language media. But the fact is that a large proportion of our media, whether it's in newspapers, magazines or television channels, 
or radio stations or blogs or websites all of that happens in the regional language in india and there are a lot of pressures that the regional language journalists uh, go through which we can talk in detail but yes you are absolutely spot on like i said it's you know media freedom has huge implications for societies like ours right and you know this is exactly the context i also wanted to set before we delve into economics of running newsrooms right so i believe the independence of any newsroom or the free press generally is intimately tied to you know who funds the media outlet in the first place and gone are those days when you know owners used to give editors a free hand in running the newsroom's affairs and they you know gave complete editorial independence and did not interfere nowadays more and more newspapers and media houses are in fact being run by large corporations which have their own you know business interests to keep in mind and of course newspapers especially newspapers as opposed to other media outlets largely depend on government advertisement revenue for survival right and so I don't find it surprising that time and again we hear stories of pressure being exerted on editors and journalists to say you know drop a certain story or take a certain editorial line and in fact some journalists some brave ones have also lost their jobs because you know they went out of line the so called line and overall at least in india and maybe even globally there is a feeling that the media is either failing or it's unable to do its job right and in this overall context i want to go back to how economics or rather the simple question of how newsrooms make money and how they spend it impacts what they do and impacts the amount of freedom they enjoy so sachin would you like to begin by you know talking about the microeconomics of running a newsroom because you've been in so many and would you say what is the cost with what what are the cost components for a newspaper or broadcast media and what are the revenue sources which newsrooms generally depend upon for running their show yeah certainly it's a bit of a misnomer that uh, publishers uh, gave editors a lot of freedom long time back it never happened you know publishers always had kind of a stronghold on editorial lines that the newspaper took or the tv channel took uh, it was always the case it is not a new phenomenon what has changed over the last couple of decades maybe is that because there are so many newspapers and tv channels the advertising pie has more or less remained the same or has grown in not the same proportion as a number of newspapers so in in effect the division of the revenue remains you know quite in favor of the top ones and while the remaining ones do not get much of the private sector revenue so in terms of running the newspaper for instance you know you buy a copy these days of a newspaper one edition you will probably spend anywhere between 5 rupees and 10 rupees depending on which city you are staying in but the cost of producing that one newspaper may go up to at least three times the cover price of the newspaper at least in some cases at the times that we are living in right now because newsprint has become even more expensive because of the ukraine russia conflict a large part of our newsprint important newsprint comes from russia and canada because of that the cost of newsprint has gone to over 1000 dollars per ton and this has put a lot of pressure on the the bottom line of various newspapers across the country so we will need to look at the economics of running a newspaper in the larger context of not only you know the staff cost or the cost of you know travel or the cost of hardware and software but also the cost of you know things like newsprint distribution costs you know all of that so there are two or three things that usually affect a newsroom when it comes to revenue one is the overall health of the economy if the overall health of the economy is good then advertising spends are high 
which means that the newspaper or the TV channel gets adequate revenue and that helps in you know covering news in a much better format or much better form rather the second part is uh, apart from the health of the economy it also depends on the cost in the international uh, cost of the newsprint like i pointed out in some cases newspapers tend to hedge their bets and buy a lot of newsprint so that they can protect themselves from future price rises but in some cases you know the price may come down but in in the last few years prices have actually not come down right now like i pointed out because of the russia conflict prices are about $1000 to a ton and this puts a lot of pressure on high selling newspapers uh, such as the hindu or the times of india or the hindustan times where the cost of publishing a newspaper printing a newspaper is pretty high now if you've noticed ever since covid happened ever since march 2020 when the world health organization called covid a pandemic the size of the newspaper has actually gone down many of the newspapers cut down on printing costs by reducing the number of pages there were also a lot of staff cuts but the primary reason for newspapers to survive in the last 2 years has been the cost of newsprint has been kept under control by reducing the number of pages so that is one the third part is government policy in the case of imported newsprint a few years ago the government introduced a 10% customs duty which meant that the news media outlets had to actually spend more on buying imported newsprint if you have to maintain a certain quality of your newspaper you have to go in for imported newsprint because the kind of uh, weather kind of climate that uh, the trees grow in also results in better quality newsprint so which is why you a lot of newsprint comes from scandinavian countries canada russia where the weather is conducive to producing much better so these are all nuances what uh, nuances that our readers or listeners may not know but this is exactly what happens when you're buying imported newsprint so when all of these factors are combined government policy international situation domestic costs all of that when you combine all of this the cost of newsprint is pretty high publishing a newspaper is pretty high so that affects the top line and the bottom line so how it affects the top line is that when you are going in for advertising revenue you have to depend a lot on government advertising because private sector advertising may drop off or reduce if the health of the economy is not good so the first thing that companies do when uh, companies are not doing well is to reduce their uh, publicity budgets and uh, this affects the advertising revenue of newspapers which is why they have to depend a lot on government advertising now like i pointed out earlier more than significant proportion of newspapers are dependent on government advertising because the private sector advertising depends or rather is calculated mostly on roi so if i have to advertise only in the big newspapers my roi is much better than spending 1 lakh rupees spread across 15 newspapers so given that the smaller newspapers never get any private sector ads or very get very little so which is why they have to depend on government advertising and if they don't cater to the whims of the government or the or to you know to cater on or you know not if they write anything against the government the government may take a bleak view of that and then it impacts the revenue so it's a it's a kind of a vicious cycle shri and that impacts the overall freedom so the economics of running a newsroom is also uh, important for the health of a democracy because if you want to maintain a liberal democracy like india's then you need to have a very very strong newsroom you know that you need to that you can operate in so it's all interconnected i feel that the economics of running a newsroom is so important to a society like ours that we cannot ignore this factor in our uh, medium
No, that's very interesting, Sajjan. The fact that how, you know, some faraway events in Europe between two countries that can affect the quality of news that you and I enjoy here, right? But that's, I think that's how things work. But what about broadcast media, Sajjan? So what are the costs there? What are the revenues there? Are they doing better? Because I'm assuming more and more advertising is shifted to digital, uh, sorry, broadcast and digital media now. So are they better off? And what are the dynamics of a broadcasting newsroom? A large proportion of advertising does go to broadcast media. But again, here it is dropping off, especially after COVID. There was a stagnation in revenue generation for broadcast media and newsprint media after COVID took over, after COVID happened. And much of the advertising now has shifted to digital, or at least there is increased awareness amongst media planners to go digital. There are two or three reasons for this. One is that print advertising still remains very, very expensive. Two, you cannot target print advertising to exactly the customer that you want. It's a take-all situation where, you know, I have to give an ad in a newspaper and it goes to, let's say, one lakh subscribers. I don't know who those subscribers are. I don't know which areas they live in or what is their demographic uh, demographic background, who are the people that are picking up my newsprint or newspaper copy from the newsstand. So I have, I mean, I may have an idea, but it is not as detailed as a digital targeted ad. So today, algorithms that uh, many advertising agencies run uh, online are so sophisticated that I know exactly, you know, who my customer is, not just the persona of the customer, but actual habits of you know how the customer behaves whether that customer is a female a woman or a man which city does uh, that person live in in which area of that particular city that uh, you know that person lives in how much time is that person spending on the website did that person click on the ad and actually go and buy or not buy that particular product what was the call to action everything is now you know determined and i can get a weekly or a daily report using the algorithm that was served on the particular website so digital media planners have far greater information and this information asymmetry between uh, print and digital is causing a lot of tension in the um, the media planning business because media planners are now demanding more and more information from newspaper entities and that information is hard to come by primarily because of the floating population that you have when it comes to newsprint buying so that newspaper buying that is so th- those are the factors that are determining you know where advertising is going it's a similar thing with digital also uh, so with broadcasting as well so if your broadcasting platform is on cable then it is difficult to understand that is the local cable wala it is difficult to understand who the demographic is because the local cable wala does not you know he just he or she just uh, you know goes and uh, you know completes a cable connection but if you have a dth connection in your home then maybe you'll be able to track it much better if you have a digital connection using your wifi and you know 4g or 5g services you know broadband services then maybe you'll be able to track it better but that you all know that PRCs don't work right Yes, and and even the thing is that if the if the if the information that I'm getting is not good, then you know planners will again not be very happy with the with this kind of a situation. Even with the TRT business, we've had a major scandal that broke out a few years back, where even the TRTs were allegedly being manipulated, and you know these uh, boxes were set up in places where a family was told to view only a certain channel so that their a television rating that channel's television rating points went up these were allegations you know the case is still going on we'll have to figure out you know how that you know thing will be resolved but it is very murky and this is why advertising agencies media planners even companies 
are uh, kind of hedging their bets on you know who to advertise with to get the maximum amount of you know response ultimately it is the call to action that determines which broadcast medium they want to go to right so and one of the consequences probably of what you have discussed right now is that you know tv media houses have also resorted to cost cutting recently right and they do less of ground reportage they hire less grassroots level reporters and instead they supplement their reportage with prime time debates which grabs a lot of eyeball probably brings them more advertising revenue and however this is a rational thing for any uh, tv media to do because this is how they can uh, survive in this cutthroat business what are your thoughts on this phenomenon and to what extent is it really true and also has print media remained immune from this because i don't think they can do this kind of cost cutting right so print media can't do that kind of cost cutting because it is not the nature of the medium itself exactly. uh, you can't have 50 talking heads in a newspaper so what happens typically in tv channels and this is a trend that i've seen over the last decade and a half is that journalism is now kind of restricted to only covering events so if a parliament session is happening so that becomes an event and that gets lots of coverage if a state assembly thing is happening if there's a fire in a building if there's a major earthquake so what has happened really is just event based reporting has taken precedence over what we call as traditional journalism so journalism is not just about covering events but we need to understand why a certain event has happened and how a certain event has happened so the why is in the house are not being answered by the media outlets today so that is a fundamental problem to overcome the you know the pressures of costs we've had several news channels cut down on grassroots reporting ground based reporting and all that money is then diverted into getting guests for the evening broadcast now let me say that this is not a general behavior this is a behavior with only a few channels but what has happened is that because these channels are the primary source of information for a lot of people across the country especially in the regional language just to give you an example the english language tv channels have not more than 3 or 4% of influence across the country the rest 97 to 96% 96 97% is held by regional language or hindi channels so it is this you know demographic that you are targeting from the tv channels where we don't know one who our viewers are two because you are short on cash you tend to call a lot of people who are willing to come on television for a particular period of time say between 8 pm to 11 pm and that is the prime time and that is when you see the least amount of uh, journalism happening it is the most it is a time when the most amount of opinion based television is happening so that is what has changed because of the economics of the newsroom broadcast tv is not cheap at all you need you know crores and crores of rupees to set up a business and after that you know there are government license fees there are these uh, equipment fees the staff training studio costs all of that if you combine all these factors it is not a cheap operation to run at all uh, so both newspapers and tv channels are under a lot of pressure when it comes to running newsrooms which is why they have to resort a lot to get government advertising and so like i said in the beginning this is this becomes a vicious cycle because you need government advertising you need to have programming that is not going against the government you may not have you know a completely favorable coverage for every policy that is decided by the government but if you don't go against it it's much better because then you're seen as a neutral channel or a neutral media outlet 
which means that the government will continue favoring you as a place to advertise. So even within the advertising uh, budgets that the government has, they have tiers. So essentially, you know, if you have a circulation above a certain level, then you get more money. If you have a uh, circulation below a certain level, you have you get less money. So even the newspapers and TV channels need to get their you know TRPs or the or in newspapers the equivalent of a TRP, which is subscriptions, to a certain level, uh, so that the government knows that this particular newspaper is at a certain level of you know print run as we call it so or because you know this, the, these are all complex intricate matters nuanced thing that a reader may not understand or may may not be aware of the reader will always see what is in the what is in front of his or her eyes which is what happens on page 1 you know what happens in the inside pages what is the opinion likely to have but they may not know what has gone behind you know the headline on the front page or the headline in the opinion page right so i have two observations to make so one is about the inability of newspapers uh, to hire as many grassroots level reporters as they could in the past or as they would like to ideally so does this also mean that they are ever more reliant on wire agencies like we have big ones in india like ani or ians for news and the second is you know a lot of these government advertisement in newspapers comes from some statutory provision right apart from of course the pr publicity which the government does much of these advertisements pertain to say job notifications tenders auctions so on and the idea behind making such rules was that to give maximum publicity government entities or public sector units were required to publish these advertisement in newspapers but today i think i don't know like i think more people are accessing internet than they are reading newspapers so i don't know how long these kind of mandatory advertising requirements will also hold and if that way to change then possibly newspapers will face even bigger crisis yes absolutely so there are these mandatory ads that are placed so especially tender ads and job ads which yeah. need to be placed in newspapers if there is a government notice it needs to be put in a newspaper so i'm not talking about the davp which is the directorate of audiovisual publicity i'm not talking about those ads but the ads that are mandatorily kept published or printed in newspapers by government agencies so this includes you know public sector undertakings uh, this includes ministries all of them which are affiliated to some department or the other in government they have to place ads now if in the near future i don't know whether these ads will go away i think it will remain part of government policy to place these ads but like i said you know a lot of small newspapers depend on these ads to get their revenue if you go to uh, you know tier 2 and tier 3 cities and towns small towns you'll find that there is a proliferation of uh, four page newspapers or eight page newspapers and these are typically tabloid in size you'll find that a lot of the uh, page 3 ads or page 4 ads or page 5 ads are dominated by government tenders and notices so the other ad other kind of ads that these newspapers get are your retail ads from the local market so that is not a consistent form of revenue if the government ads are a consistent form of revenue even with big newspapers including the biggest ones in the country close to 15 to 20% of all their ad revenue comes from government you know so dainik jagran the hindi behemoth the english behemoth the times of india part of the hindustan times group is the hindustan newspaper in hindi and the hindustan times in uh, english the indian express the hindu the telegraph in calcutta the tribune in chandigarh all these newspapers tend to corner a majority of the uh, government ads dainik bhaskar for instance will get a lot of these government ads also so uh, you will find that a lot of these newspaper entities which are large in nature and these are multi thousand crore media outlets 
they also depend on government advertising for their survival so there is no escaping government ads and also there is no way that you can avoid government ads in order to remain sustainable for the near future so it's a situation where well i mean it's it's let's let me put it this way it's a it's a hobson's choice i mean there is no way that you can avoid government advertising so and the government knows this no matter which government is in power the government knows this so you will have a lot of influence of the government in determining what the price of the advertising is in a particular newspaper and because of this the publishers and the editors will always be under pressure whether that pressure is you know very vocal or in some cases many very subtle the reader may not know but the fact is that it does happen right thanks sachin so at this point let's take a short break and uh, we'll come back with more discussion on how to break out of the vicious cycle that sachin just elaborated for all of us Welcome back to All Things Policy. So we are in conversation with Sachin about newsroom economics and why it matters. And we discussed about a vicious cycle in which a lot of newspapers and even TV media outlets and digital media outlets are stuck. And in order to break out of it, one of the new ways of doing business for media is through subscriber-driven revenue models. And this essentially means that you have to pay for your news. In fact, I remember when, you know, internet was just starting out and everybody was, you know, accessing news online. Most of these newspapers, Times of India, The Hindu, Indian Express, all of them were available for free. But sooner or later they realized, you know, that model is not going to work and they need to start charging subscribers. So what has happened is now you find some stories free, maybe like 10 articles per month or, you know, a certain kind of reporting for free and you have to pay some money, some monthly subscription fees for accessing the premium content. And this seems to be catching up. So Sachin first of all uh, would you like to describe in more detail for our listeners how exactly this kind of subscriber model works and secondly a more important question according to me is that how do you compete right when information is so freely available over the internet all over especially social media facebook whatsapp twitter and all of that how do you make people pay up for quality news it's a chicken and egg situation for most media outlets certainly one is that you know everybody tries to ape what the new york times or the washington post or the financial times or the new yorker did to get their subscription bump in uh, digital uh, in the digital world it may or may not be applicable to the, the same model may not be applicable to india where the subscriber behavior is quite different from the subscriber behavior in the us or the uk or even in europe now for example in scandinavian countries especially in countries like denmark and norway you have a large proportion of the population which pays quite a bit of a premium for getting the news but let's remember that all these countries are either single language countries or two language countries mostly their media is done in just one language but in india you have you know so many languages in so many regions of the country that is practically impossible to have a nationwide policy for even a single media outlet it's very difficult to do that so that is one the second point is that subscribers are not aware of the cost of printing a particular newspaper or broadcasting a particular tv channel so like i said in the beginning if you're paying 5 rupees for your daily newspaper or maybe 10 rupees for your daily newspaper the cost of producing that newspaper is at least two and a half to three times more given the cost of newsprint ink distribution charges etc etc now to cover that newspapers will have to charge at least 30 rupees for 
each copy of the newspaper to recover those costs or to make a modest profit. On top of that, you will have and have advertising. But a lot of newspapers uh, and their legitimately fear, their fear is that if you increase the cost, the subscription base will go down. And that is the biggest fear that publishers have in their minds when it comes to newspaper costing or pricing rather. So, you know, Times of India will refuse to increase the cover price of its newspaper. And which is why all other newspapers then will have to follow suit. Similarly, a Dainik Jagran or a Dainik Bhaskar in Hindi will have to, uh, you know, refuses to increase the cover price. And that's why everybody else refuses to increase the cover price. So, so what happens really is that because the leader has said that I'm not going to do this, all others follow and the entire industry, so to speak, then it kind of falls into the same trap. Now, in broadcasting or internet, what has happened is that you have the option of you know, paying for extra news or maybe opinion, or in some cases in India, there are these freemium models where, you're, like you pointed out, there'll be some articles free per month, but uh, you can actually have you know subscription-based reading for uh, for websites. So all the leading newspapers now have subscription-based websites. But there again, what is problematic is that it's again you know either take all or nothing. So if I have to subscribe to a newspaper then I have to subscribe it for the entire year. And then I'm stuck to that. If I don't like the content, can I opt out of it? If I don't opt out of it, my money is stuck. Suppose I don't like to read everything that a newspaper offers. Can I read per article? That model is not available. Even with you know 100% digital uh, outlets, uh, like the Ken or the Morning Context or Scroll or the Wire, you don't have per article reading you know, subscription models, So, which is quite common with academic journals the world over. So when you have these micro payments not available, it becomes even more difficult for publishers to uh, you know, attract readers online. So it's a combination of intent. It's a combination of technology. It's a combination of you know, how your mainstream media is functioning. If the revenue is skewed in favor of mainstream legacy media, that is in the newspaper, 80% of the revenue still comes from print and only 20% comes from digital. Publishers will not give the same kind of attention to digital as they would give to their print publication. So, and especially during festivals like Diwali or the Sera, Christmas, New Year, Valentine's Day, when advertising quantity quantum is high, then print for a lot of people, including digital only products such as Amazon and Flipkart, print becomes the main you know, uh, medium of advertising. So given all the complications of uh, technology, intent, the economics of running a newsroom, it has become a very, very difficult proposition to find the holy grail for the Indian uh, scenario. And that holy grail is not found even in uh, maybe in America or in Europe where only a few publications have cornered a significant proportion of the digital subscription pie. This is also because, again, because of competition, because you have more than 1 lakh newspapers registered in India. If you subscribe to one, if you pay your digital subscription to one, why should I pay for the others? Is something, is a thought, is the behavioral aspect of a customer's interaction with a newspaper or a TV channel. So given all of this, even the subscription-based model is going through a lot of churn as we speak, Shri. So while it is one of the options available to publishers, I don't think at this point of time, it is the option that publishers will go to as the first choice.
Right. So I think the first part of what you explained, how we have been used to paying so little for newspapers, especially the older generations, right? So I think there's also an anchoring effect at play here. So if I've been paying five rupees per newspaper and that adds up to around 150 bucks a month, then suddenly you want me to pay for online reading as well. And that is, you know, marginally costlier than this. I think people are just unwilling to pay up because they've enjoyed free news for so long, especially over internet. And the other thing is, like you mentioned, yeah, there is no per article pay-per-view sort of like model available. Because in fact, I wouldn't want to read all the articles which appear in Hindu, right? Maybe I want one op-ed from Hindustan Times, one from Hindu, one from Indian Express. And unless I have subscription for all the three or one service which gives me access to all the three, there is no way that I can do it. You know, I'll either have to forego that or find some other way to sort of break the paywall. So in this situation... I do think like there is some a scope for innovative pricing models to have to come from the news industry. And are you aware of any successful examples of this, which have sort of incentivized people to pay for their news? There are a couple of online services like Pressreader or Maxter, which provide you with the hard copy that is a PDF version of the newspaper. If you provide a certain price and it gives access to a lot of newspapers, not just one. A lot of the subscriptions for Indian newspapers actually come from abroad. The diaspora, the Indian diaspora, which is about 32 million across the world, many of them subscribe to Indian newspapers because they want to be in touch with what is happening back home. And that is the primary reason for you know a lot of subscriptions coming from America, from Europe, from Australia, from Southeast Asia, from the Middle East, from North Africa where a significant portion of Indian population resides. I mean, that is a diaspora population resides. And that is something that is sustaining the international subscription model for Indian publications. But if you look at a successful model in terms of an overall, you know, one app catch-all situation, it is very difficult to find that because newspapers themselves do not have, you know, kind of consistent, consistent behavior because they look at each other as rivals. So the moment you reduce the cost, other newspapers will reduce the cost to, to undercut you. And that becomes a problem in the overall situation, which is why, you know, you will not find a very successful model here. Even in America, it is very difficult. You'll probably have a subscription to individual newspapers, depending on what your ideology is, what your preference is. But even there, it's becoming difficult to, it's become difficult rather to uh, have micro payments. So if I want to read a particular article from uh, New York Times or the Washington Post, only one article, it has become almost impossible to do that. So these are the challenges that we'll have to face and quickly overcome because I know for a fact that a lot of people would want to read particular, you know, like like if you're interested in policy, for instance, then maybe I'll read only the op-ed page in the newspaper and the other things I can forego. But it is not the case, uh, suppose I'm a sports fan, I just want to read the last three or four pages of a newspaper. Can I do that? Right now you can't. So when, you know, all things considered, it's difficult uh, right now to uh, to have a model like that. But I think the aim and the goal of publishing houses uh, should be to have, uh, should be to give rather choice to readers to increase their own revenue. It, I think it's in the interest of broadcast channels and newspapers to give this choice to their uh, audience so that they can grow and thus invest more in uh, grassroots reporting and better analysis and not fall prey to government pressure. 
Right. And I actually wanted to pick on broadcast or media as well, because a lot of these TV news channels are also priced very cheaply. Uh, you know, some of them are, in fact, one rupee, two rupees per month. And many of them also have free live stream on uh, YouTube, which anybody can uh, you know watch for free. So in that situation, I mean, and given the pressures of running the economic, running the newsroom and the fact of how we talked about this affecting their uh, independence and their ability to bring out stories which really matter. So what is the way out for TV channels? What do you think? TV channels will have to, you know, again, it's a difficult proposition because there are more than 400 news channels in India and they're all competing for the same audience, the same advertising pie. So it's it's going to be very, very difficult for these TV channels as well. So TV channels, it's even more difficult to have micro payments because it is not that you can subscribe to only a certain segment during the day or certain because, you know, news happens, news as it happens cannot be, you know, it cannot be compartmentalized as, you know, you can pay only for this and not for that, you know, broadcast situation. So that's micro payments are going to be difficult unless you have a, a micro payment model for let's say an OTT platform where you can watch the World Cup, for instance, and you pay only for the World Cup and nothing else, or you pay only for the Wimbledon and nothing else, or you pay only for the parliament session and nothing else. If that happens, then maybe there is a way out, Uh, but it's technologically dependent. It also, you know, creates a problem where you have to spend a lot of money to even track those people who are paying only that much. The follow-up cost, let's say you want to convert a person who is subscribed only to the World Cup or subscribed only to the parliament session to convert that person into a full-time subscriber, the cost for the TV company will be even higher in terms of, uh, you know, customer acquisition. So those are the things that will prevent TV channels from getting into a situation where micropayments are made possible. In terms of, you know, subscription-based models, the only way to, you know, earn money is to, you know, charge more uh, money to subscribers. But right now, subscribers are not ready to do that nor are TV channels willing to do that because, like I pointed out, the competition is so high that they would rather get more TRTs via their programming. And their programming can be communal in nature. It could be, you know, the kind of uh, screaming and shouting matches that we see on TV channels every day. If that brings in the TRTs and that brings in the revenue, then so be it is what the publisher's, you know, thought process is right now. And so, like I pointed out in the beginning, this is this is a kind of a vicious cycle. So you don't know where to end, where to break this particular chain so that, you know, the TV news is liberated from the shackles of PRPs and subsequent revenues. So right now, I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't think even broadcast channels have the answer right now. But the way to go perhaps is, you know, over a period of time, there will be consolidation in terms of uh, which news channel survives and which news channels then then can charge the subscribers for better reporting. Right. So I think uh, at this point, I want to leave aside the problems faced by newsrooms for some time and instead look at this from a news consumer's perspective, right? From would-be or to-be subscribers' perspective. And one of the things uh, which I believe really benefits any democratic society is to have a good public broadcasting system. And uh, we have seen this in the case of PBS in the USA and BBC also to a great extent in the UK. But the public broadcasting situation in India is nowhere close. And in fact, I think I think there is one law which says that all cricket broadcasting should be made publicly, I mean, made freely available to the public broadcaster, DD Sports. And apart from that, I don't think our government has also taken any like significant steps for improving news dissemination through the public broadcaster. So what is your outlook on this? Do you think like having a good public broadcaster can solve some of the problems which, uh, you know, news consumers face in India today? 
you know to be honest we actually have a good public broadcaster doordarshan you know prasar bharati is actually a very good public broadcaster given the kind of programming it has the only challenge for uh, public broadcasters in india is because it is 100% government funded it has to be pro government regardless of which gov you know which governing uh, is governing the country at that point of time so that is one challenge one way to overcome that challenge is what uk does or the us does where npr which is national public radio in america or pbs in america c span in america all of these uh, public broadcasters they charge their readers or their subscribers or the viewers or the listeners to pay for what and there is a constant flow of money from independent ngos trusts uh, to all these public broadcasters to keep the level of independence in the uk you pay a television tax every year to maintain independence of the bbc so even if the bbc is a public broadcaster it is independent of the government when it comes to editorial content that is not the case in india because again people are unwilling to pay for public broadcasting so in the case of pbs for instance they have not only political reporting but they also have science reporting they also have health reporting they have multiple streams of reporting which the mainstream media such as cnn or msnbc or fox news is unwilling to take on because it does not give you enough roi so that is another challenge that public broadcasters can overcome if they are willing to put money in their in these you know, topics of broadcast topics of news in india while we have an excellent uh, broadcaster in terms of reach in terms of understanding grassroots because i see that doordarshan all, all all india radio they do a lot of grassroots uh, reporting or analysis you know some of the programming on all india radio and i'm a regular listener of all india radio is excellent i mean it is a international quality in terms of the kind of views that are expressed and many of the views that are expressed are completely independent of government you know because these are experts that come from various fields and so far the government has not shown any kind of inclination to interfere in their points of view the only challenge that india has in terms of radio broadcast is that private channels are not allowed to broadcast news only the public broadcast of all india radio is allowed so we'll have to overcome all these challenges to figure out whether there will be a challenge to you know public broadcasting in terms of news but i think we'll have to you know we'll have to open up the subscriptions to the consumers of news that may be willing to pay for an independent public broadcaster which is not the case in india so far so while I, in terms of programming we do have excellent work that is being done by prasar bharti it is not completely independent of the government and that is a main challenge that i see that we need to overcome no that's fantastic actually because i am honestly surprised to hearing your fair uh, sort of positive outlook towards the public broadcaster india i think the problem then is more in terms of awareness and especially in cities when we have already moved on to cable tv and internet and all that and radio has fallen behind and even dd news or dd programming has sort of i mean we have better options is what most of us believe right so in that sense i think i'm very happy to hear those comments from you i think we have had a fantastic discussion sachin and we are over shorter time but i'm hoping that our listeners have a lot of takeaways from this and uh, i want to thank you for uh, taking your time out and joining me for this discussion thanks sachin Thank you so much Shree it was a pleasure talking to you thank you If you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network you can tune into them on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow IVM on social media the handle is @ivmpodcasts on Twitter Facebook and Instagram 
And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.